As a young girl, Lee Hian never imagined that she would lose both her mother and father. Her family shattered, homeless, and left as a teen to raise her younger brother. Desperately wanting to feel validated, wanted, and part of a family, she was led down paths of toxic relationships, people-pleasing, abuse, and heartbreak. It was at her lowest point that the kindness of a neighbor would change her life forever. Hi, I'm Leilani Langdon, the host of What's Your Story, a place where we journey through the lives of others in order to inspire you, the listener, to know, own, and share your story. So make sure to lean in as you join us on today's journey. Welcome back, everyone, to What's Your Story, episode three. Leah, uh, go ahead and share with us what's your story. Oh, well, you know what? Um, God is so good. And I just want to say that I am so honored and humbled to be here tonight. And I pray it is my prayer tonight that part of my story will resonate with you and be a reminder of God's uh, never ending love. So I was a preacher's kid growing up. Uh, my parents were the, both pastors here in Ontario, Canada, the first Hispanic Pentecostal pastors here in Ontario. Wow. And uh, I was raised uh, in, in ministry. I have a younger brother and we were living in a small town called London. And by the age of nine or 10, I recognized that my family wasn't like the other families that I would see at church. My, my parents were one way at church and then there was a different side to them that we saw as children at home. And uh, there was a lot of abuse between my parents. And so I often wondered what happened to the God that, you know, was at church? Why wasn't he here? And so as a child, I knew that there was something wrong. And about, I would say, uh, about the age of 10-ish or so, um, my mom decided that she had had enough and she walked away from the marriage and the home altogether. And so wow. um, I, my mom left uh, to a different country. And so that started a journey of really a lot of questions, a lot of pain, a lot of confusion. And my father then went through an undiagnosed uh, depression state. And instantly at the age of 10 or so, I became a mother and I became a partner, uh, emotionally speaking, I want to be clear about that, sure. to my father. And so um, I had to learn how to do laundry, how to cook, how to wow. you know take care of my younger brother. And you know what? At such a young age, I felt that I had to be responsible for my brother. I knew that what I was feeling, I knew that I didn't want him to feel it. So I would do anything within my power um, to, to, to protect his heart and protect him. But, you know, the beauty about this all is that I love what the word says that his word does not come back void because mm -hmm. all of the word of God, all the love of God that had been planted in my heart by Sunday school teachers, mm -hmm. um, people in leadership, the sisters or brothers at church that would show our me with love was really what carried me through. And I just feel in my spirit tonight, if you're watching and you're in leadership and and tonight, maybe you're a Sunday school teacher and maybe your work for you goes unnoticed and no one sees the long nights and the efforts that you are pouring into these youth, these tweens, these, you know, the, the nursery, maybe you're over there taking care of the babies and you think it's not noticed. Let me tell you tonight that it is that love of all those people that really carried me through this difficult time. And so as my mom walked away and my father came into this depression, um, I really became confused but I knew that there had there is a God out there and I knew that he would not just leave me. And there's a verse in Psalm that says, although your father or your mother will forsake you, 
uh, God will take you in. And when I found that verse, it was like the anchor to the, the hope for a future. I hadn't heard of Jeremiah 29, 11, because I think that would have been awesome right. uh, to, to, to be able to grab that verse for my life. Right. But, you know, at such a young age, I remember that I didn't understand that what I was doing was surviving. And so, you know, we went through, we were, well, we lived in community housing. So my parents weren't really wealthy. They were immigrants that immigrated to the United States illegally, uh, like most Hispanic families do. Um, and so they, they came to Canada, the, you know, uh, umbrella that they were under for church helped them get a status, but still they were struggling. They were trying to make a future for us. So we weren't um, wealthy by any means. Uh, we often would go to school with no lunches. I share these stories with my kids yeah. to give them perspective of, of uh, you know, sure. how blessed they are now. But you know what? The grace of God was so good even throughout my childhood. And so that, uh, that led me to a place of always having that void of a family. I would look at other kids and, and think, man, I, I'd want that. I remember my elementary school graduation. And I just thinking of this recently because my oldest is about to graduate and go to high school. So I'm really wow. excited for her, but it brought me back to a place where uh, my mom had already left. My father was kind of in his world. And I remember I didn't have a dress. Um, there was no woman really there to say, Hey, let's go get your hair done or let's take care of you. And I remember that I went through my mom's old clothes that we had boxed in because my father's way of dealing with it was let's get rid of everything that your mom left behind and let's just erase her from the memory. And so I remember putting it on and going to grad, but I didn't look like any of the other girls. Wow. And so it started really, uh, the evil one really started turning all those things that I was experiencing into a lie, feeding me a lie. Even at, a, at a, such a young age, you are so unworthy. Wow. Don't you get it? Your mom didn't even want you. Your father could care less. Like even in the small things, he would feed that lie to me. And so I went throughout my life knowing that, A, uh, I had a void that I needed to fill. Hmm. I wanted a family and desperately I would do whatever it meant to, 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 get, to get a family. Yeah. And so I will skip a little bit of my story. And I was brought back to Canada. And that's a story for another day. <laughs> but the Lord brought me back to Canada. Uh, sorry, because at young age, we went from Canada to the U.S., so my father, in the midst of him going through his uh, seasons of change, met a partner who had connections to Little Rock, Arkansas, and he eventually moved us there. I did my high school in Little Rock, and that's how I say that we came back here, uh, because after high school, uh, the Lord had me return to Ontario, Canada. And so, you know, living here, I came completely on my own. I do want to share a little bit about this story, because it would seem that God had been absent. And, and even though at this point, I'm about 16 or 17 um, and I knew that the Lord loved me. And I had at this point, my paternal grandmother kind of took the role of raising us because my father kind of moved on with his life, eventually neglecting us as well and just kind of pawning us off to my grandmother. Mm -hmm. um, I knew that God had a plan and a purpose. I just quite couldn't see it. And I just didn't know what it was going to look like. Mm -hmm. And so I remember that we were coming back to a layover in Houston, Texas, after visiting Guatemala, where I was born. Oh. Uh, my grandmother uh, took us there uh, to visit her mom that had gone ill. And on a return trip in Texas, uh, the customs agent noticed that my passport was Canadian. Now, to clarify, my grandmother was an American citizen. My brother was born in California, so they were American. But my passport was Canadian, and I certainly wasn't born in the States. Mm -hmm. And so it, it really led to this time of being in customs. And they opted to withdraw me from the country back to Canada. So at least in 10 years, I could have the hope to return to my grandmother and see her because a deportation would never allow me back into the country. 
the country. So you can imagine at 17, knowing that I have 72 hours to leave the country. My grandmother doesn't have the means to buy a flight to send me out of Canada. But if I would be home in those 72 hours and customs agents came, I was going straight to Guatemala. And so I remember my grandmother with the help from people from church and just um, people that surrounded her bought me a flight. And my father, who had some interactions with us, found a family to take me in here in Canada. Wow! But I didn't know the family. I didn't know who they were. They didn't really know me. And so they took me in. I didn't have a very good experience when arriving here. And 30 days after arriving in Canada, I knew I had to leave that home. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd experienced some abuse at the hands of, of the pastor. Uh, he was a pastor as well. And so I knew that I had to leave that home. And so... I found in a little apartment, attic apartment here in Hamilton, Ontario, God opened doors, supernatural stuff that we'll share another day, but I could see God's grace. You know, sometimes when we walk through these very difficult times, we're like, why God, why is this happening? I I remember oftentimes like broken in tears where I had no hope because I had some hopeless moments. I often ask God, why, why would you let this happen to a little girl that had basically was innocent? Like I, I love God. I remember that. I, we, we grew up Pentecostal, so we would use a tambourine yes. and it was my thing, girl. Like, <laughs> like if God was going to use me using any, it was that tambourine. I was just sharing this with our group earlier that I would lick my thumb and just slide it across the tambourine to make all the syllables just go crazy. <laughs> and I thought, Lord, but if I loved you, I knew that I was a child. I was, I was innocent. How could you shed innocent blood? Not understanding that that was new wine. That was a process. And I mean, at at that age, I was never going to understand that at least I didn't have the capacity. Um, So I just want to say tonight that as we go through process and as we experience hardship, I encourage you to do something that's going to sound a little odd, but I encourage you to embrace it. Mm. I encourage you to embrace it because when God is making new wine, he will put us through the pressing. And a lot of times we're so eager to run away from the hurt and the suffering uh, that, that, that we don't you know, we don't really encompass what God is doing. It ain't going to be fun. It it ain't going to be, you know, uh, something that's joyful to be honest, but it's something that we have to embrace trusting that our God will do what's best for us. So I come to Canada. I'm here now in the small attic apartment. I was sharing a story earlier this week saying that we had no curtains. We had no sofa. We had no bed. I remember my brother was shipped to me two months later because he was too much for my father to take care of. And you are 17 at this time. 17 and he's 13. Oh my gosh. And we had to keep it hush because we didn't want children's aid to get wind of what was happening. Cause I didn't want him to be separated from me. Cause obviously that I was under the age of 18 right. and there's gotta be legal steps for, for me to adopt him or be his guardian. Oh and so um, I'm not saying encourage lying, but there was a lady, a neighbor from the, a neighbor from the family that I came to live with. There was a neighbor of theirs who befriended me about a week into me living there. And she, God used her to help me uh, co-sign for an apartment, give her credit card information so I could get this apartment. And so we are living in this little apartment with nothing. I remember the first night, I'll never forget it, uh, Leilani. We we had one um, towel each. We rolled it up. I said to my brother, you roll that towel up and you're going to use it in whatever biggest sweatshirt you have, you wear it and we laid there. But you know something? It was probably the best sleep I had had in a very long time because although I had literally nothing and I was alone and I was very scared. You talked about fear tonight. Um, You know, I know that I trusted in a God Mm -hmm. that would bring me out. I always had the certainty 
because I knew that the God that I had heard of, the God that I'd seen work in other people, listen, you think your kids aren't watching, they're watching. You think your youth aren't watching, they're watching. The way we live our lives, the way we approach, the way we react or respond to situations, they're watching. And I remember stories, I would hear testimonies and I would take it in and I would put it in my back pocket and all those testimonies, that's why sharing your story is so powerful. It's what I pulled out in those moments that I was facing fear or that I was facing hardships. And so I knew that God would come through for me. And, you know, I got to tell you, I wish I could give you the magic or the the the, the, the formula right. to, to tell you how to overcome. But I will say that it was my faith in God. I knew I couldn't do anything for myself. And listen, I'm going to be honest. It wasn't like, ta-da, it was done. I knocked on doors. I knocked on food banks. I asked for help. I, I mean, I went through some hardship. I worked at night. So we have something here called Tim Hortons. It's your Dunkin' Donuts, I believe, in the States. Yeah. So I would work. Um, they were 24 hours. So I would work one that had 24 hours so I could work at night. I would get two hours sleep and then go to school oh in high God. school, finishing high school in the morning to provide. I, I could only afford one bus pass. So I would give the bus pass to my brother and I'd walk to school. Wow. Um, I remember, I have to share this story. I remember when we got our first bed, we slept on the floor for a long time, but this family from church really felt the church that we had, um, finally found mm-hmm. said, you know, we just have a twin size bed that our son is going off to college. We want to give to you. So Leilani, there was two of us, my brother and I, so we split it. So there was a box spring and there was a mattress. Oh my goodness. And so I gave the mattress side to my brother mm-hmm. and then I took the box spring and I went to our Valley village would be a goodwill. And I bought these blankets to just make it a little softer because, you know, box springs are a little bit hard. But you know what? Even in those moments of hardship, and at this point, my parents were nowhere to be found. My mother, uh, I knew, was living out of California, and she would call when, you know, she felt the need to know how we were doing. Uh, My father had pursued his life, and the only one that was consistent offering some help monetary was my grandmother, but she also had her responsibilities. But you know what? God always sent help. God always provided. My rent was always pray, uh, paid for, uh, whether it was through work. You know, sometimes we we want God's provision to look like we want it to look like. Talk about that. Woo. Right? Like sometimes we have our ideas of what God should be yes. doing for us. And I just want to say tonight that God owes us nothing. God owes us nothing. And so we just have to trust. And listen, I'm the first one that will admit that doubt can be a, a hard thing to overcome. And even though our God has proven himself over and over um, we always doubt, we fear because for some reason we think that the God that did everything that he's already done can't do or can't use us for yes. his glory. And so tonight I just want to talk more a little bit what you were talking about fear and sharing your story. For me, I think for me, I came to the point that I knew that I had a story and I could embrace it when I finally understood that my identity wasn't tied to what my mother spoke over me. Mm. That my identity wasn't tied to what my father had spoken over me. That my identity wasn't tied to the fact that customs agents in the United States that were just doing their job didn't, didn't, you know, define who I was. Um, That I was abandoned. Correct. I was abandoned. But my God in Psalms told me that even though my mother and my father abandoned me, that he would take me in. So really, uh, Satan, I'm not abandoned. I'm actually the daughter of the king who, can I remind you, defeated you on the cross. Hello, I can't hear you now. So that's, <laughs> so when, when we have those lies, fed to us, right. When we have those lies, fed to us, we need to stand on the truth who, of who God is. Um, so as I, you know, as I grew up and, and as I was, there's still those voids, right. There's still the voids yes. of the family voids of love, 
I wanted to be loved. I wanted to belong. And so I met a young man who wooed me. I, I met a young man that told me I was beautiful, not the kind of beautiful that your mom and dad or her, your loved ones tell sure. you, but it was a different kind of beautiful. And I thought, this is it. This is the family I've been praying for. Wow. This is the family God has for me because God told me that he had that for me. Mm-hmm. I think what happened to me and what happens to many of us is that we want to take ownership of blessings that are, are laid out for us, but we want to cash them in prematurely. What? We're so anxious. We are so oh anxious and so wanting what God has for us that we're not willing to wait because we're, you know what it reminds me of? Like you have kids, right? And so Christmas, yes. you know, you have this one present. Right. And sometimes like your kids might go and peek yes. just a little bit because, and then they ruin it because now they know, right? And you've been so excited to give them this thing. Yes. I think that happens to us. I had heard this whole time. And, and let me say, let me say this. I did walk away from the Lord for a while. I, I thought, you know what? Well, if that's how you're going to be me loving you, then you know what? I'm just going to go live my life, club it up, do whatever, party it up. And eh, oh, well, Romans does say anyway that nothing can separate separate me from your love. So I'm going to cash in on that. Um, <laughs> but you know what? We always turn to most of the time we turn to the world to fill in those voids and to mm. to wrap there. But you know what? Satan is a liar. And there is nothing that he will offer you in the world that can fill those voids. And so I ended up getting married to, to this young man. We start living together. I ended up getting married. And then he wanted a child. And I knew that that was a big step because I knew the impact that my parents' decisions had on, on my life. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, if I'm bringing a child, like a child's a whole responsibility. Because I still don't get how people are so eager to have a child with each other, but they can't buy a house together. But anyway, that's a whole another conversation. Right. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I, 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 so I have, I have my daughter. But there was already things going on in the marriage. Listen, uh, in order for us to be uh, successful at anything that we do, I believe we need to have healing. Yeah. I think when you enter marriage, you need to address the baggage that you're bringing with not expecting. So my expectation for my husband at the time was that he was going to make me happy and that he was going to make me whole. And his love was going to cover the multitude of sins that everything my mom, my daddy and all the things that I had brought his love was going to solidify. And what I did understand was that wasn't his job, A and B. He was just as broken as me. So here are two broken people that don't walk with Christ, trying to make it work. And so unfortunately, the marriage deteriorated and he walked out. And so walking out really resurfaced all the the hardships, all the abandonment feelings. I remember breaking down. You know what? I have to share this. I was just thinking about this the other day. The way I would make it through the days. No, I didn't listen to worship music because remember, I was away from the Lord. Right. I put on Jordan Sparks. I don't know if you know you know who Jordan Sparks <laughs> yes. is. Yes. She has a song called One Step at a Time, I think it is. Mm-hmm. One Step at a Time. Okay, I'll spare you. I won't sing. <laughs> but um, she has that song, One Step at a Time. Right. There's no need to rush. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remember I would play that. And you know what? That became, to me, I almost felt like that was... Like almost like a, a, a worship song, like that God was speaking to me through Jordan Sparks. Right. And as I was hearing that, I, I remember that there was a God that in my childhood, even in the hard times, walking through depression with my father, um, watching my brother and I not have lunches, um, you know, having Mother's Day at school, draw a card for a non-existent mom. Wow. I remember an assembly where they asked all the kids to come up front and call up their moms and my brother's oh. turn came up and he said, can I just call my sister? I don't have a mom. Um, that I remember that in all those times, God was so consistent. God never left us. And, and I knew that there was a God, but I, it's almost like we don't want to give up. I didn't want to surrender because I wanted to prove to him the way that I had done it. 
that this was his, that this was the promise that he had for me. How could he take it back? And so I walked through a very difficult time during that time. I ended up being a single mom to a, a baby walking through postpartum. I came to a point where Satan had convinced me that um, the world would be better off. My daughter would be better off without me. And so one night I decided that um, I would end my life. And, you know, I remember that night I prayed over my daughter. She must have been a couple months old. I had a lot of medication because I was had a very traumatic birth. Uh, and I remember blessing her, praying over her, praying God's protection over her. And then praying for me and praying for forgiveness that what I was about to do, if it was wrong, that he would forgive me. Wow. And that he that knew my heart knew that I was just in so much pain. But then the Lord used the, my daughter. She was asleep and she let out this cry, this this scream. Like oh you heard a baby God. scream. It's a high pitch and it just scared yeah. me. It scared me in my spirit. And I remember just breaking down. And I knew in that moment that God had already begun to deal with my heart. Mm. And so... Uh, I walked being a single mom. I, I, you know, didn't have money. I lived in a very not good place here in Hamilton and I just became very helpless. I thought, how will I ever get out of, you know, out of this? I wanted my daughter to be in school so I could go get a job. And it was just a very, I had nobody here. So it was a very difficult time. But even through that time, I remember God provided. I, I remember the one time my friend showed up on my drum, like, what are you doing here? She had these bags full of groceries, diapers, milk. It, she said, I was at work. The Holy Spirit placed this on my heart. I had to drop this off for you. Mm-hmm. And I remember is the time where I needed the most. Mm-hmm. And so I saw God's mercy and grace, but I still didn't want to acknowledge him because I still wanted to prove him wrong. Mm-hmm. But then a woman from a church had encountered me and she said, hey, uh, I want to invite you. I'm starting these uh, Bible studies at my home. And the catch is, is that I will make you dinner for all those that come come to our Bible study. I will offer free dinner. And girl, let's keep it real. But when there's free things like right. dinner, like food, be there. We there. We there. We there because it's free, because yes. it's food. And yes. for me, nobody knew, but I was struggling to eat myself. Like all the little bit of money I had, I would give it to my daughter for her diapers, for what she needed. And, and you know, I, I knew that that was a sure meal every Wednesday night. That would be a sure meal. I only had to come up with two bucks for the bus. And so I would get my daughter ready and I would make it to her house. I would have a meal. And really, I'll be honest with you. I went for the meal. I wasn't there for the Bible study, but the catch was that you had to stay. But you know what, Leilani, with every passing week, I went less for the food and more for the word because it reminded me of the God that I had seen in my childhood throughout my journey. And I've skipped a lot because it's a really long story, but I wanted to get to this. I wanted to get that our God is such a gracious God that he will turn our messes into messages, even if you've been the responsible one of making that mess. Mm -hmm. Because I'll tell you this, a lot of times... We we bring our we we bring our own pain on like we self inflict our injuries and yes. you know um, I'm guilty of sometimes telling my kids told you you shouldn't have done that <laughs> right I told you right. uh, but my God doesn't do that yeah. my God is so gracious that He will take you in and although there may be consequences maybe tonight you're walking through a consequence mm-hmm. maybe tonight you said you know what. I'm too far gone. I did this to myself, so I should just suffer. God wants to tell you otherwise. Romans does talk about that. Nothing could ever separate yes. you from the love of God. Yes. You could go to the out, out of the galaxies. You could go to the bottom of the ocean. His yes. love would still find you there. Okay. And I remember one night they were talking about Romans 8 in one of those Bible studies. 
And I remember that that verse and I, it just really just came to the root of my heart and reminded me that my past won't define what God has for me. My past doesn't define who I am. Yes. That God, he paid the price and my identity is found on the cross. Yes. That's where my identity yes. is. That no matter how Satan took me and no matter what, you know, like the prodigal son, we hear that story often. Yeah. But what gets me about that story is that the father was waiting every evening for his son to return. And when yes. he saw him, he wasn't standing out there being like, mm-hmm, I knew yes. you'd come back. That wasn't his posture. Yes. He ran out. Yes. And if you know anything about that time, they weren't running out. They weren't running nowhere. Yes. But he was so overcome with, with, with gratitude and love that his son was back. He was oh. so overcome with all that he was feeling that he got up and ran. He didn't care what others would say. He didn't care what the customs were. He ran and met him. And that was my Jesus for me. He met me in that moment. And so it, it started a process. And, you know, the one thing that I really just really um, hurt, and you were talking about this failure. Yeah. Um, what hurt the most from my divorce I'll be honest, wasn't so much the marriage itself, because I think we all know when we're in a relationship, we really should have no business gotten into for someone that's for someone tonight. Right. Uh, Absolutely. um, We, we know when we shouldn't be somewhere, but we're just there because maybe it's convenient, maybe because it makes sense in our heads. We think it's filling a void. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah. It's filling a void or um, in Spanish, we have a saying, la costumbre puede más que el amor. So it becomes comfortable. It's, It's what we're used to. Right. And so I knew that that's how I was feeling. But I will say this, that being in that relation, I knew that I, I, that wasn't my place. And I knew that God, but, but sometimes we're just so stubborn. We're just so stubborn and we're not, you know, heeding to the, to the word of God. And so when God meets me and he transformed, it starts a process. Mm-hmm. I, I, my fear was losing everything. My fear was I failed my daughter. Wow. I knew what my mother failing me in my childhood. I, I knew what that had caused. And I just want to say that for the glory of God, uh, Yes, last year we reconnected with my mom and we are reconciled and we are working towards a relationship because that is the God that we serve. Has it been difficult forgiving what you can't forgive? Yes. Forgiving what you think you can't forget? Uh, Yes. Uh, And and so that's a conversation for another day, but I just wanted to put that out there. Um, So my fear was, and my heartbreak was more for my daughter. And I I remember one morning at three in the morning, because I would never sleep, I was crying over my daughter saying, I'm sorry that I failed at giving you what I wanted the most for you. But little did I know that about, I'm going to say a year later, uh, I met my husband. And now this year, this May, we're going to celebrate 10 years of being married. Praise God. Praise God. Because that's the God that we serve. And so as God has redeemed me, God has healed me. Yes, I've had to go to those places. Yes, I've had to learn to be vulnerable. Yes, I've had to learn to step out of that boat and trust who's calling me. Yes. um, Yes, you have to rehash Yes, you have to peel back the layers. Yes, you have to confront your past, but you realize that who's standing with you is greater than the one that's standing against you. Yes, and so, amen. yes, it's going to take work. It's going to have to be intentional. It's not a magic potion. There's no uh, rhythm I can give you tonight that you can say over your life. <laughs> what I can say to you, it's going to take getting on your knees Yes, and plugging into the word of God and being surrounded by community. And I knew that my story had to be shared. I knew that I couldn't, what I... I knew that what I had seen as such an obstacle, all the hardships I had seen almost like curses, yeah. if you would. I thought I had people would say, you just have really bad luck. Like, 
holy moly, like right. talk about someone suffering. And even when I share my story to many people, they'll say, girl, you've been through a lot. Like, how are you even standing, girl? Right. And I say, because you know what? The because is greater than the why. Okay, you got to say that again, girl. <laughs> <laughs> because to me, we often ask God, why? Why me? Why this? Why today? Why? And why? And if we just stop for a minute and focus on the because, mm. and listen, you ain't going to know the because. Can I just say that? Because if you're trying to figure out, you just don't know it. it. But yeah. if you trust God for the because, yes. that you could recognize, yes, I'm, I'm struggling in this time. Yes. If you embrace it because you embrace it because you know who's for you. Yes. Right. Yes. If, you, if your identity is tied in Christ and you know he is for you then you won't fear the why. Right, right. Because God works out everything he works out for good to those who are what? Are called according, according to, to his purpose. Mm -hmm. That's right. Absolutely. And so I knew that my story, my story would have to be shared and every opportunity that I get, I said to the Lord, I will share of the great things that you've done in my life that I am here today. I am the mom that I can be with my three children. I'm not perfect by any means, but I can be the wife that I am, that I can love. Someone the other day was praying over me and said, Lord, I thank you for Leah's heart that it wasn't hardened, even wow. though she was so much. And I, as that person prayed, I was like, Lord, I had never stopped to think. Like I could have turned out so many other ways, yes. but, but that I can love and that I, I can, you know, pray for others. And, and I try to encourage Leilani yes. when I reached out to you, I remember saying, girl, Go get it, girl. You do what God is calling you. And I know some people, when I reach out, they're like, this lady is crazy. Um, but I just want to, I know what it's like to journey alone. I know what it's like to, to be out there and to not be seen, not be heard. I know what it's like to try to make it every day. And so if God can use me and, and I can remember what that felt like and be an encouragement to somebody else, open up a platform for somebody else. If I can pray with you, even though I don't know you, but you're my sister, right? Because we're working for the same God, yes. my sister. So I can pray for you. I can be here for you. I don't care what time it is. If I can be that for you, then I've done exactly what God has called me to do. This ain't about the follows. This ain't about how many hits you get. This isn't about how famous your Save podcast that. is. Although I hope this makes it really big. I, I, I know, you know, it ain't about that. It ain't about you. Can I just say that tonight? Yes, please. It ain't about us people. Yeah. And listen, I'm the first one that has to pray every day about that. Lord, it's not about me. This story is to bring you glory because yes. that 10-year-old girl that wasn't enough for that mother, mm. that 10-year-old girl that turned to be 13, 14, that ended up not being enough for that father, wow. has been enough for God. And so tonight, if you're watching and if you have a story, if, if God has done anything in your heart and has changed you and has brought you this far. I want to say two things. First, he hasn't brought you this far to leave you where you are. Yes. Today. yes. And he has given you the story that he's given you so you can lift others up by giving him glory. Yes. So I encourage you that if there's a fear of unworthiness that you have, have you bought into that lie that your voice is not important, that your story is important. If you bought into the lie, girl, you know what? The other day, the evil one would throw a thought in my mind and say, girl, what are you doing, Leah? Do you know how many women do what you do? Do you know how many women do 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 lives every every week? Do you know how many women do podcasts? Do you know how many women pray for other women? You know what? You should just concentrate on your kids and you should concentrate on the certification because you know what? But let me tell you, you know what I told him? I know there's a lot of women, but I know that I'm the only one that God has made that is me, right? And I know who's called me. So tonight, if you're hesitant, 
because oh maybe gosh. you got into those things I want to say tonight. He has made you for such a time as this. Don't let your past define your future. Because remember, he has a hope and a future yes. for you. It isn't oh. you who's making your life. Don't let the world lie to you and tell you that you have dominion over your Thank future. You That's not for you. Thank that is your father. Your creator has a plan and a person. Girl, now I'm preaching. So I'm not even sharing anymore. I'm preaching now. <laughs> I know. I'm over here like, I don't know what to do. Girl, I'm sweating. My heart is so... There's so many things that I want to say, but yeah. I first, I just want to say thank you because God knew that you needed to share this story tonight. And oh. I told you when we were behind, backstage that um, I needed to hear the words that you were yeah. saying from the moment that we met, it was, it is evident that the Holy Spirit is upon your life, that God has renewed you, restored you, right? Mm. You spoke life into me, not knowing who I was, but knowing that I was in the beginning of these stages and facing my own fears. And you, you spoke into that. You mm. spoke into that. But I love that God, <laughs> here's what, so many things that you have said have blown my mind. But here's the beauty about what God does is that what resonates with, with me you said that in a moment where you weren't able to feed yourself, God provided physical food because he knew what you needed was spiritual food. Okay. What he knew, he knew that what he, that he wanted to fill you with him so that you can begin that process of healing and transformation. But he needed to first provide that physical food. And I just want to say to somebody, because there are people that God has given them an idea of something that they should be doing Mm. and they second guess it because they're like, Oh, um, Maybe I shouldn't have food. Maybe I should, you know, should I do this? Oh, it's too simple. But God knew that you, that that person needed to provide that food, right? That physical food so that you can be filled with the spiritual food that would never, would allow you to never be hungry again. So good. Oh my gosh. And can I just say something else there uh, about this, this woman that God bless her? Um, You know, a lot of times we do things with good intentions. And I just want to talk about this a little bit with good intentions. So we, we do the, whatever you put out, whatever you give away, whatever, because we're hoping to kind of, I don't want to say set a trap, but like, Oh, if they come and then I'll jump in and like, I'll yes. tell them and our intentions are good to share about the love of God and, and to share what he's done. But this woman not only offered me a meal every week, she offered me a friend. She just started building a relationship with me. She just wanted to hear how my day was. And I had yes. grown up in a church where we did, we, we worked our salvation out. So we had to perform and we had yes. to get things right. And, and if, you know, so tonight, if God comes back, I'll hear the trumpet sound and I'm not going to be left be behind. Right. Right. And so with her, she taught me that God wasn't a religion, mm. that God was a relationship. And she gave me the time. And I think a lot of times, listen, I just want to say, if you're eager to do outreach and, and that's really you know what I do and I love it. Yes. If you're eager to do outreach, it's great that we want to share the love of God in, the, in, in scripture. But I, the, the, the word I could give to you is that let's build relationships mm-hmm. and let our behavior, our character, how you behave on social media, how you, again, how you react to situations, how you speak to people, uh, show them love and care, how yes. that those things will resonate with people because they don't have faith. So they don't know to look for the fruits of the spirit. Does that make sense? Yes. So that you would build relationship because through that love, and this is what that lady did. That's what made me come back. Cause to be honest, it wasn't like gourmet meals. I love her, but but like, I mean, (laughs) 
Right. It so was food. It was yeah, food. Meal. Yeah. But I started looking forward more to the conversation than the meal itself mm. and the community. Mm. Yes. Right? And the community. So I just want to say that God is so good. And um, mm. he's, he's been so evident. He's, he's been in constant pursuit of my heart yeah. my whole life. And I, I think I know that he does that for all of us. And I think we're just sometimes wow. we're just so stubborn. Like we just want to do it our way and we think yes. our way is best. And, mm -hmm. and if we just slowed it down and we just sat down and just like really heard for his voice, his love, he's loving us every day. Someone asked me just recently, how could you even say that God was there when you didn't have anything to eat? Wow. How could you say God was there when you were struggling uh, being a mom at 11 or whatever? You know, I knew God was there because I saw it in my neighbors when they acknowledged us walking home from school. And they say, hey, Leah, hey, so-and-so, my brother. And then I knew that I was seen. Mm -hmm. I knew that uh, that God hadn't forgotten me when the teachers at school made up something called the snack club. And I tell the story to my kids because they saw that we were coming to school with no lunches mm -hmm. in order for us to have a meal. That was God. Wow. Yeah. I knew yeah, that yeah. God was there because I saw it through the, the people at church that would invite us over for dinner. Mm -hmm in hopes to send us home with leftovers because they, they knew that we were struggling. That was God. Yes. I think sometimes we want to hear the thunder and the light and the earthquake. Yes. And it reminds me of Elijah, but God is in the whisper. Mm. God is in the whisper. And so I just want to encourage anyone tonight listening that if you've waited for this supernatural lightning bolt to set fire to your kitchen table to confirm <laughs> what he's calling you to do, I mean, he's more than capable of doing oh, that. Absolutely. But I encourage you to really hear for the whisper. Yeah. Because that's where God's going to speak and God's going to confirm and bring what you need. Absolutely. Tell us what has your story inspired you to do? Go ahead and share with us. Well, um, uh, what got me to share my story was really ridding myself of the fear. Mm. And it isn't that you're going to have nerves in your tummy and it isn't like you're, you're not, you're going to have a little bit of that hesitation to do it, but you're going to walk out in faith. So your faith is going to be greater than your fear. And I knew that my story was as you can't make this stuff up. Like it's just full of ups and downs. And, sure. and I knew that God had gifted me this because it needed to touch someone else. And so what it inspired me to do, and I really, uh, did it because God spoke to me vividly in a dream and said, Hey, am I not the one that's calling you? And I thought, Oh, mm. that was God's kind of like, get up and go. Uh, because again, fear was holding me back. I'm not enough. I don't have a degree yeah. in theology. I don't, sometimes we want all these accolades and really what God wants is a, a willing heart. Hello, surrendered heart. Yep. a willing heart. And so um, I remember that I said, okay, uh, I knew that I have a passion for women, particularly uh, young adult women that are in that stage where they're about to make some really life changing decisions that mm -hmm. is going to lay out their future for them. And so yeah. I thought there's got to be a way. And so I started doing um, these events. It started out at my home. I invited my friends and I did a dessert night because who, what girl doesn't like dessert? And right, so we set up coffee, tea and dessert. <laughs> and I remember the first time I spoke, I was all over the place. I didn't know what I was saying really. Like I knew what I was on my heart. And then the Lord's like, great, good job. Now you're going to do another one. And so it started these mm. kind of community events. So we went from a home, my home to a community center. And then we started, I thought, I need to reach the women out in the world. It's great that as sisters, we can connect, but there's a world that are dying without Jesus. And so we've done Zumba nights. We've done Zumba Aww, um, to, to invite women to community, again, building relationship, paint nights, dessert nights, and all these, and then COVID. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, it threw all of us on, uh, you know, thinking, what, what can we do? And so we went on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And girl, I had never really thought of, I thought of Instagram just being this, like, kind of posting what we're doing, but right. just kind of for people to watch. 
And then God just really placed on my heart. We started with Zoom calls and then God moved us to a live. And now God has other plans in the future that we're working on. Um, so, but what's really my heart for a new, so it's, I started a ministry called a new, mm-hmm. uh, born out of Isaiah 43, 18, where the Holy Spirit spoke to me one day and said, listen, forget the former things. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I got so caught up in all the pain, all the things yes. that I had been through. And I'm like, those are all the reasons why I can't do what you're already doing, what mm-hmm. you already set before me. And so as I was reading my, my, my Bible, when I'd Girl. seen that verse before, but that day it's like the words jumped off the you. page and listen. Hello, forget the former things. I I, I'm, I can heal that. I can come into those right. places. But don't you see? I'm starting something new. Yes. And then I was that's the name. Like, that's <laughs> what God's doing. And, oh, God is so good. Yeah, so a new came from that. And so wow. a new is really to remind all of us that our God is a God of opportunity. That although I failed five, ten, a million times, his mercies are new every morning. And yes. so we provide a platform for women that feel that they don't have a voice or they don't have a platform, or maybe there some doors haven't been open for them. We want to provide a platform where stories can be shared, where hearts can be shared. And listen, I'm going to say this. We, God has just been showing out and showing up and he's just mm-hmm. been opening doors to connect with women. And you know, oftentimes I have women that have never shared before. They thought they would never share before, but they felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit to do it. And we are booked all the way through June. Like that is crazy to me. Praise God for that. So um, we we do a new and and our idea. So we recently launched a New York. So a new out of New York. Uh You like that branding, huh? (laughs) (laughs) A New York. And so God um, has, you know, delivered a lot of work to us in his scripture, through prophetic, that this will become uh, you know, a, 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 a change for, for the Absolutely. world. And so my desire is to, first of all, make Jesus famous. This is not about me, right. but also use what Satan had predestined for destruction. Use it for deliverance. Yes. And yes. so uh, take that story that he was probably laughing and thinking, I got her. Right. Uh, and then remind it's her over. that, yes. yeah, it's done. And it's so that we would take that, what he wanted to use yeah. and use it to dot, bind him up in the name of Jesus mm. and say, you're not going to have the last laugh. Uh, kind of like the cross, kind of yes. like that. Yes. Well, he uh, got, and so he that got, was, our, I got him. Yeah. Yeah. It's over. So that, that's what we do. We, we create community for women and uh, we're here. Thank you again for your courage, for your bravery. And I can't wait to just be, continue to be a part, a small part of what God is doing in your life. So thank you so thank you. much. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you for next week's episode. If you were inspired by today's story, make sure to follow, rate, and review this podcast. To watch the full live show, head over to Leilani Langdon on YouTube and don't forget to subscribe. And remember, purpose is found in knowing, owning, and sharing your story. So the question is, are you ready to share yours?